Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Morant drives baseline, loses the handle, goes right to Valanciunas, who floats it up and in and gets fouled again. Jonas Valanciunas single-handedly trying to take this one over. He's got 24 and 14. To Luka driving left to right at the elbow. Behind the back to Doncic, top of the arc for three. Good for Porzingis. Doncic, Jeff stepping, faking left, going right between the legs. Step back over Murray for three, and there's your kill shot. The NBA is back. The Memphis Grizzlies blow out the Washington Wizards, and the Dallas Mavericks beat the San Antonio Spurs. Two games to get things rolling. Really busy schedule tonight, but a couple games there. And the Mavericks, I think we've all expected them to play better. Are they going to make a move here in the second half? How many teams can they catch? What's Denver going to do? A couple of storylines to follow here. And I think we expect both teams to catch San Antonio. And now San Antonio is looking to move LaMarcus Aldridge. Popovich said that before the game. He's not playing, and they are looking to trade him, and it's amicable. PK, Mm -hmm. who wants Aldridge? How much can he help? How much has he got left in the tank? Is he going to the East, in which case then we don't really care. But if he's going to the West and tipping the balance of power, we care. I know you care. You were all hot and bothered by it. Right now, no idea. No answer to those questions. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, the Utes built a massive lead and then gave most of it away. Happy to run up and down the court and trade shots with Washington. They held on to 198-95. Washington hit a hit a three with eight-tenths of a second left to make it a three-point game, but a 19-point lead had dwindled to six. A little dicey there at the end. Timmy Allen leads the way with 24 and 11. It's a win, PK. Not a good-looking win, but what the heck. I thought it looked great. Really? Yes. His team's won two in a row. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that has been rare. I'll give you that. <laughs> Tim Allen is on fire. And Plummer, when Plummer scores, they're a much better team. I th- thought it was a great-looking win. They little bit at the end when they lost concentration to an extent. I'm not going to let that determine it. Absolutely, man. Now they got SC, a team that they beat pretty well just a couple of weeks ago. These are looking up for the Utes, man. Oh, Nancy over here. 12 and 12. Chance to win a quarter, get to a semi, and have a winning record at 13 and 12. Utah State's going to play UNLV. UNLV annihilated Air Force. 80 to 52. That was a rout. So it's the Aggies and Rebels tonight. Scotty G's got the call. Coverage starts at 6.30, tip-off at 7 o'clock. That's tough, man. Going to go into Thomas and Mac with all those UNLV fans of the home court. Mm. I can hear Majerus complaining about it now. Yeah, this would be the one year he wouldn't complain. I mean, that Are you kidding me? There. Friends you and family. very well. Yeah, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he complained about there not being fans there. No, it, it, it's, it's the home court. It's not the fans. It's the, the gym. Court. It's the yeah. lighting. It's the rims, the locker room, the comfort level. Well, he complained about the necessity of the conference tournament all the time, and then the team playing on the home court he complained about. 
and he felt like since he won it a number of times that it gave him credibility to complain about it. Yeah. Because it wasn't just a sour grapes thing. He complained right. about it when they won. Yeah. You're losing. You're whining. Wait, you won three in a row. You got the trophy. All right. Yeah. Uh, Big Sky Tournament. Southern Utah is going to play Northern Colorado at 11 a.m. First game of the day. Gives them the most recovery time. Weber State plays the last game of the day. They're going to play the fourth quarterfinal game. They're going to play Montana. And those quarterfinals, that that, uh, tournament is up in Boise, Idaho. In explaining a number of contingencies that could come into play if teams are exposed to COVID-19, NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball Dan Gavitt said that as long as the team has five healthy players, it's good to go. And if the team's coaching staff gets decimated by the coronavirus, what then? Uh, Honestly, that's probably something we should be talking about as a committee. Yeah. So, got to make it up as you go along, PK. It's unusual times. Who's saying that? That's Gavitt. Dan Gavitt, Senior Vice President of Basketball. Man, I wish my father would have had a a high-paying job. Following Dave's (laughs) footsteps. It's amazing how often the son has the same talent as the father. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Most anything that I've ever been involved in that ended up being special, I overpaid for. Mm. Every time to the end. Anytime I've tried to get a bargain, I got just that. It was a bargain (laughs) in a lot of ways and uh, not up to standard. That's Jerry Jones on getting the deal done with Dak Prescott. Got to pay for quality, apparently, according to Jerry. Of course, the question is with the salary cap is now you're not going to be able to afford quality at other positions, but he got the Dak Prescott deal done. Well, if they win the Super Bowl, then you didn't overpay. If you don't, you did. NFL salary cap at $182.5 million. That's an 8% drop from last year. So I'd be happy with that. <laughs> that's why guys around the league, there have been some surprises. Kyle Van Oy released by the Dolphins. Be uh, one example of a surprising release. But they couldn't find anyone to take his, take his contract in a trade. So everybody up against the, up against the cap. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman, who is Jewish, wrote an open letter to Miami Heat big man Myers Leonard after Leonard's use of an anti-Semitic slur on a live stream earlier this week. The letter read in part, I get the sense that you didn't use the word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in a comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can spread rapidly. Went on in the letter to an Invite him to go grab a meal when they're both in Miami. Not just a meal. Well, maybe a meal, too. But uh, was it a Shabbat, he said? Shabbat, yeah. Yeah, Shabbat. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Uh, University of Kansas AD is stepping down under pressure after having to let less miles go, so things continue to... Go sideways with Kansas. But it's been like that for a decade. This is the latest chapter. Oh, I don't think it's been like this. You're just talking about a crummy football team. This goes way beyond a crummy football team. That is true. I think it's clear that they should hire Kevin Sumlin. (laughs) Remember when he was such a great hire? Hey, the third time's the charm. Come on now. 
the two t- the two coaches were hired in Arizona, and one was just hailed as just a no-brainer, excellent move, and the other was a bum. What were they thinking? He didn't even know the school's nickname. The transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away, PK. Former top 30 overall defensive lineman Antonio Alfano has entered the portal for the second time despite not playing in a game yet. Originally signed with Alabama in 2019. Transferred to Colorado for this past season. Who knows where he's going now. He's a native of Colonia, New Jersey. Where's Colonia? Uh, North Jersey, suburb of New York. 25 miles away or so. One of your peeps. All right, DJ and PK. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. What would you like? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like Ralphie when he got pushed down the slide whoa, whoa, whoa. and he's trying to climb back up to go to Santa. Uh, and he wants a Red Ryder BB gun. He just says, how about a football? Because he'll shoot his eye out. We all remember that scene. Uh, Utah starts its spring practice on Monday, and Kyle Whittingham will be available uh, Monday morning at 8 o'clock, and we'll have him live on the air. Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the media availability. And we're going to have Kyle Mondays and Fridays. During Utah State's football. also starting next Monday, too. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Texas Rangers hope to have a capacity crowd at their home opener on April 5th at Globe Life Field. Texas Governor Greg Abbott's order took effect allowing businesses in the state to operate at 100% capacity. April 5th, they hope to pack them in. They will have a mask mandate, although the governor took that off. Texas is going to have that at their games. We'll see if the Rangers pack the place. Well, usually home openers uh, do, and then depending on how good your team is and how rabbit your fan base is, it drops off. But usually the opening day is uh, always uh, pretty good. I assume Abbott is a Republican. I don't know that, but by... He has seemed the way we're going with this, even after the election. What's the guy's uh, president's name here? Yet to hold a press conference. What's his name? Joe Hyden? Is that it? No, Joe Biden. My my mistake. (laughs) (laughs) That was meant as a joke. Not for all you people, DJ. I know you got all quiet and you got to think I'm, you know, making a political statement. I'm not. It was a joke. Come on. If Saturday Night Live is not going to do it. Somebody's got to do it, right? Don't watch Saturday Night Live. Watch Talking Sports. <laughs> you can tape it and you can watch. Well, if you want to do that, you can do that. I suppose, begrudgingly, he admits. Uh, unfortunately, I'm done with Talking Sports. Benjamin Tucker Pats of Napa, California, faces up to five years in federal prison. He was sending threatening social media messages to players with Tampa Bay during the 2019 season. Well, that's not very nice. Hadn't heard of that before. And why is that under uh, MLB if he's sending threatening messages to Tampa Bay Buccaneers players? I wrote that wrong with Tampa Bay Rays. You're welcome. Oh. Every <laughs> once in a while I catch him. You got saw me. that and I'm like, yeah, he's got Super Bowl on the mind. I just skipped over that. Football on the mind all the time. Tom Brady, you bum. He was allegedly now. using an anonymous <laughs> Instagram account to send, like, we're going to invade your home and all kinds of awful stuff out there. And how did the authorities find that? Uh, tracking down the IP address, actually. Wow, what a kook. He's a sports gambler by trade, apparently. Sports gambler? Was he losing money from him? Is that <laughs> That's it? what I'm assuming. <laughs> Everything boils down to money, doesn't it? <laughs> 
What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Joe Ingles is going to join us a little after 8.30. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we got the question of the day. It was one year ago today. The NBA hit pause. Rudy Gobert testing positive. The Jazz about to tip off with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and everything stopped. We'll get to your recollections of that coming up. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Jay, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah. Our friend Jay Drew writes for the Deseret News. Jay has, uh, speaking of tires, he's got some wear on his. You calling Jay old now? Jeez. No, 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 no. Jeez, I'm, calling, I'm calling him a veteran. <laughs> no, I'm not calling him old. I'm calling him old. I'm calling him experienced. Another word for old. I have great respect for both of you. But when it comes to a comment like that, it's sophisticated. You just have to look beyond what it appears to be. I don't think you're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> That's what he did right there. I didn't call you dumb. You're dumb. There we go. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Texas Toast is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury has not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Signer Cadillac today. Well, it was one year ago, PK, that the NBA shut down. The Jazz walking off the floor at Oklahoma City. Commissioner, in a uh, story reflecting on this, said he thought they'd be back in about a month. Thought maybe it was a 30-day shutdown. And then, turned out that wasn't true. They had a bubble in late summer. Everything was done for a while. Question of the day, what what do you remember of it? Scott says, I remember walking into volleyball practice, reading that Rudy had the virus, and suddenly it got very real. I can understand that. It was out there, and you're hearing a little bit about it, but that was the first time there was somebody you knew. Uh, well, yeah, it turned out there was he had no symptoms or anything, so individually for him it wasn't a big deal. Uh Obviously, for many, many others, it has been and is and all that stuff. And there would, there was already talk. I mean, we were working for the Miller Group at the time, and they shut down travel. They closed travel uh, earlier in the week because uh, normally I would have been – I was in Vegas, so I was already there uh, for – BYU uh, losing to St. Mary's, and then the Utes a couple days later lost to uh, Oregon State, and then everything was shut down. So I drove home, uh, and then uh, as I'm coming home, the the news of the uh, the NBA stuff. But a lot of companies before then say like on that Monday, maybe even earlier. But as far as what I was doing for the Monday was uh, where it was no, you're not going to go to the NCAs because we're shutting down all travel. And so there had already been some stuff that had been out there in terms of restrictions and on shutdowns, whatever you want to call them, at that point. And then, of course, the the walking off the floor in the game was the big, big deal. And 
and then everybody was uh, somewhat in a panic mode to a degree, one degree or another, uh, for a lot of the unknown. I don't think anybody had any long-lasting ramifications of all those people who were in Oklahoma City, were they? Uh, I don't think so. I think I thought Rudy did have symptoms and Donovan didn't, but I mean, they're still not long-lasting either way. Um, I don't think the other people on the—I don't think anyone else behind the scenes on the trip ended up testing positive. I think it was just those two guys. Um, they had a crazy night finding a hotel, driving around, getting tested, sitting in the arena, not knowing what the heck was going on. So a lot um, of it was I the think, unknown. Yeah, the unknown. That was—I think the unknown was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? What does this mean tonight? What does it mean tomorrow? What does it mean in a week? What does it mean in a month? And yeah, and I think that uh, you know the organization had other plans, but was dealing with unknowns. I don't know that they ever made a decision. I think it got made for them at the league level. But they had a Laker home game coming up, and I think it was on the following Monday. And they were wondering, there'd been speculation that the league might uh, say you could play, but no fans. And obviously a Laker game is going to be one of the biggest, you know, when you play the game, you want the advantage of having the crowd there. And obviously you're going to make a lot of money that night in the arena because the place is going to be packed. Yeah. So all of that was like, is that going to happen? Are we going to have this big game? And if so, you know, or a game and no crowd, a game without the event. So there are all those questions floating around. And then that all just became a moot point. There'd been a little speculation about how that was going to, how that was going to go. Alex says what he remembers is Sam Merrill hitting the shot heard around the world, and then the NCAA tournament was canceled. Because the conference tournament was a uh, – the Aggies were a week early. So yeah. they got theirs in, and then they were, well, what West Coast conference tournament teams do every year, waiting for the selection show and never got to it. Well, that was even more torture, though, in a sense. Because you knew you were going to go to the NCAA tournament, but you never got that opportunity. And what a shot that Sam Merrill and the old Aggie fans can remember the rest of their lives, and he can remember as his last college shot, because uh, it was on the Saturday before. And normally it's this week, but they had some stuff going on and at the Thomas and Mac, so they had to move it up a week, not knowing when they moved it up a week how that would play to their advantage to actually get it in. So, I mean, they're probably going to go to the tournament either way, but... In a sense, it was somewhat bittersweet because you make that shot and it's all sorts of celebration and it was great. And I remember watching it. I was in St. George uh, on my way because the Cougars weren't playing until Monday because they got the bye with the revamped West Coast Conference. A lot of times they were playing on that Saturday, so I'm usually already in there, but I wasn't. I was at a friend's house who had moved to St. George and I can remember sitting there uh, and he wasn't uh, particularly interested, but I said, I got to watch this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Turned out you really did have to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you and yell so, when you watch games in other people's houses? Do you try to tone it down or do you yell when something happens? Oh, no, I'm never that into it. <laughs> I don't, know. I, I don't I, yell very often, but that was more like, ah! No, I, this is a job for me. It's fun. It's all fun. I, don't, I just don't get caught up in winning and losing. I may have went, oh, but I mean, yell. No, I wouldn't yell. I can't remember the last time I yelled at anything. I think the uh, last time I yelled was uh, the Devils beat SC on a Hail Mary probably seven, eight years ago or so in the Coliseum, no less. I remember I it. That, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, uh, that was a, 
that was probably the last time I yelled, and I couldn't remember the time before that. But I'm sure I had some. Wow. I mean, that was incredible because he had uh, – he's a friend of mine who retired to St. George, and then his uh, daughter with five kids moves from Texas and uh, is living with him, and then he's uh, – along with her husband as they try to uh, – they're getting a house down there, and it's taking some time. And then his other son – uh, there was a divorce situation and the ex-wife had the kids and moved to St. George from California. So the son moved and is living with them. And twice a week he gets custody of his two sons. So my friend in his attempt to retire has seven kids under 12 living with them for half the week. Spectacular. So And I think they have uh, three dogs, all told, and so there's all this commotion (laughs) going on. None of yeah, yeah. nothing you associate with retirement. Exactly. Is there some portion of it he's enjoying, or is it just too much chaos and overwhelming? Uh, He's whined to me a little bit, but what what uh, his salvation is knowing that uh, one he's got a trailer on the side, so he goes in there sometimes, and then. the daughter and her five kids, uh, they're progressing towards moving out. Yeah. Because the husband does have a job and all, but I think they're building a house, and I've never built a house. I mean, but apparently their delays. It takes and, way longer and yeah. this and that. So uh, I know last summer he has some wave runners, and we were down there for a weekend, and so we were going to go to the reservoir, and we were going to ride the wave runners. Well, he shows up by himself. <laughs> <laughs> for me and my wife. <laughs> no, man. And I said, well, you didn't. I, no, they got to this. I said, well, you didn't have to come. Oh, no. This is great. <laughs> he, he needed a little alone time. <laughs> yes. So he just sat on the shoreline. My wife and I tooled around on these wave runners. And, uh, and he was in no hurry to leave. And we sat there probably for about four hours. Because he was alone and he was out of the house, and so we were joking about that. But that's that's where I remember being watching, uh, sitting on their couch, and I was probably the only one paying attention to the game. Uh, but I certainly had it on, and I do remember the shot v- vividly. And it's only a year ago, so it's still somewhat fresh in my mind. Uh, and then I made my way over to Vegas uh, the next day, and uh, then had to come home. And that was kind of eerie being in Vegas because of the unknown uh, on that too and and that was that was somewhat uh, it was just a strange strange feeling and a lot of people from the Pac-12 tournament there was a, there was a, to one degree or another I think the word panic is acceptable uh, some may have been more so than others but I know a lot of folks uh, got out of town got rented cars and you know because you didn't know when the, you had your flight and you make your flight for Sunday in case your team goes all the way. Uh, so rather than sit around and you didn't know how to what to experience, and also a lot of people got out of town by getting a car because you know, especially in LA and Phoenix, uh, it's not that far, right? You can mm-hmm. make that drive very simply. And uh, for me now, anytime there's a work event in Vegas, I just drive anyway. So it was no big deal. I had gotten a car. Uh, I rented one from uh, Tim Daly Southtown and took off. 
as I would. And, and so there wasn't a sense of panic for me, but it was what really, really odd. There was an, it was an odd feeling. You couldn't put your finger on it, but it was, it was odd. And you knew something was up, and you, you really had no idea to what extent once they decided to, to do away with it. And for me, anyway, uh, I would have been coming home because the Utes were lo- – their, their season was over. So then, so that meant there was no locals available, so there was no point in me staying. I just stay as long as the locals are. So, so in that sense, coming home wasn't unusual. But under the circumstances of what was going on, it was weird. And I remember having the radio on listening to stuff going on about it. Yeah, it was weird the way the conference tournaments all fell like dominoes. You know, everybody making individual decisions at different mm-hmm. times, but aware of what other people were doing. And uh, and obviously they had their own tip times in different time zones to, you know, that were also triggering what was going on. Mm-hmm. And that was weird as everything. The, the, uh, it was the Tour Championship, just like it is this week. And they, they actually played on Thursday. And I don't think the Pac-12 didn't play on Thursday, did they? The, the Utes game, I think, was a Wednesday game. It was a Wednesday, yes. Yeah, so they got their yes. Wednesday games in. The Rudy Gobert news broke. Right. The NBA shut down, and the, yeah. the Pac-12 didn't play Thursday. But the golf went Thursday, but then it didn't go Friday. Right. So. Well, yeah, everybody, you we weren't sure what to do on that. Right. And I can recall driving home. Uh, and the governor's having a press conference, and I got it on the radio as I'm driving north. And it's just, it was really, it's just strange, because the, the unknown, just the, how serious is this? Is this overblown? Is it understated? And, you know, blah, 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 whatever your opinion was on that. And I don't, I don't know that I had an opinion, because I don't know that, I didn't know. I just yeah, didn't just know. Don't what, have any information. Right? What the what? The, but I remember listening to it, and normally, a political speech or a it's just like the last thing I'm going to listen to because I'm not just I'm not into politics at all, and uh, especially now I've never been not into them more than I am now. But at the time, uh, yeah, I, remember, I I listened to it, and then you know I had a, a a freshman in high school, so that was a direct impact. And a lot of our listeners do, one way or another, have some either grandkids, kids, or whatever, nieces and nephews, and, and that was a big, big deal. My wife's a school teacher. On top of that, so I had a double situation going on, and most of us had to one degree or another on that too. And how was that going to play out? And then obviously, that was crazy. Steve Starks, uh, who is uh, he was the Jazz president and then CEO of the Miller Group and. You know, now the jazz has been sold and all that, and I wonder if he's listening because at 729, he just tweeted out a long list of what happened one year ago. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but in case it's not, hey, Steve, what's going on? How are you? Yach's waving at you, Steve. PK's waving at you, too. Uh, he just goes through the whole thing about how Rudy had been sick and he wasn't getting better, and Dennis Lindsay called, called him with an update on that, and uh, so... That's right, he was. That's, yeah. what, that's what triggered it. Right, exactly. He says he got updates throughout the day from OKC, but lightning struck 30 minutes before tip-off when DL called and simply said, just got the test, he has the coronavirus. And he called Gail, Gail Miller obviously, to inform her, and then he called Adam Silver, the commissioner. Turned on the game. he wasn't scheduled to play. 
I turned right. on the game and watched the confusion, knowing what was going on in the background. And for the next several hours, I was on calls with our executive team who set up a command center in Salt Lake to coordinate communication between the governor's office, Dr. Angela Dunn, and the team. So. Yeah, and then right at that point, that's when I first heard about your guy. You heard about your guy? Yeah, the Fouch man. Oh, you quoted him that. extensively. He was your guy. Uh, this is a good detail. The team had to find a hotel that would let them stay. You got the coronavirus? Not in our hotel. No thanks. Yeah, the fear of the unknown. That's where Rudy wasn't scheduled to play, right? He wasn't going to play either way. Is that accurate? Because he'd been sick, I think. Right, yeah. Something he woke was up, up with, with like that. cold or flu-like symptoms. And yeah, that's what it was now that I remember, yeah. He did. Donovan was the one who had no symptoms, not Rudy. He did have them, and yeah, he was sick. And Donovan that's what, was asymptomatic. That's what triggered it all. And uh, then everything went the way they went. Now, uh, to one degree or another, it had to be somebody, and it was Rudy, and he took a lot of grief for touching the mics, and obviously he regretted that and all. And I think the New York Times has a big story on Rudy one year later. Uh, on all all the stuff that uh, went around, and everyone's looking for stories. So yeah, it's like uh, this September 11th isn't going to be the 20th anniversary. Yep, ESPN did so, a whole documentary podcast of of March 11th, 2020, with Rudy featured prominently in it. Yeah, so media loves to do the anniversaries of whatever, and so I'm sure this September, since it's going to be 20 years, we're going to get. Uh, all sorts of stuff on that. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in the room, I and mean, Rudy touching the mics is that, but, you know, we were all in an enclosed area. No one was masked up. You know, there weren't masks to go get like there are now, that's for sure. And we were kind of socially distanced, but not really. No, so my point so, is yeah. it had to have been someone. Yes, it was always going to be somebody. It just happened yeah. to be him. Yeah. And knowing what we know now, that whole room would have been done differently. Well, for starters. Well, there wouldn't have been a room. There wouldn't have been a room. We would have had Zoom. Zoom? What is Zoom? We would have said a year ago. (laughs) Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I had no no idea. I've never been more familiar with an online video conferencing (laughs) software program ever. Yeah. Utah's having their spring ball that we already announced, and uh, we'll have Kyle on live Monday morning at 8 o'clock. And they had one of the more relaxed uh, media accessibility that I'm aware of in spring ball. Basically, any and all. You can it's come open. to Yeah, the entire thing. Inside, outside. And they would let the public come, and you could line along the fence there to the east side of the practice field, the McCarthy practice fields. Uh, and then if it was bad weather, they'd go inside and they wouldn't let the public come for space reasons, but the media could still go in. So I, I can't say that I sat there or stood there and watched every single second of, of spring ball, but they had already had a couple of spring practices that I had gone to before I had gone to Vegas. Normally for me, I'm going to Vegas and then I'm going to a conference tournament or the NCAA tournament. So a good portion of March, I'm out of town anyway, so I'm not going to spring ball. And so when they have the first couple beforehand, I make sure I go because I'm not going to be able to go later on down the line. So I'd, I'd already been to a couple. I think, uh, I think BYU had had four or five, and Utah had, had two. Because Utah, what they normally do, they're starting it uh, later this year. Normally what they do, they start it earlier, then take a week off for spring 
break and then come back. I assume they already had their spring break. I mean, I think their spring break is now because they're not starting it until Monday. I don't know that, but I think their spring break is now, so they're waiting until after spring break and going for the month through uh, the third week of April. Uh, but they're not going to have any access. Nothing is going to be open, and they're just going to do the Zoom stuff in the mornings before practice. And we'll be the beneficiary of that to be able to have players and coaches on our air live. Uh, the only place you can get that is right here on our station. So good for us. Thank you. I was in heavy negotiations to have that, by the way. <laughs> Don't even think about 10 a.m. press conferences. Paul Kirk, you 2 know what to do. 2 p.m. is unacceptable. <laughs> well, Paul Kirk is the uh, associate AD in charge of all that stuff. So let's just say that's one PK scratching the other PK's back. Ah, there you go. <laughs> he did make the comment, because they did this last fall, obviously. He made the yeah. comment with us that, man, we should guys we should have planned this with you guys, considering you guys are the only outlet that's going to carry it live. Yeah. Paul's a good dude. I had a funny experience with Paul um, just a little while ago. Uh, you know, my wife broke her leg in the fall, and so she was literally out, didn't go to work or anything for like three months. And went through the recovery, and first time she went out and played nine holes was a few weeks ago. So I took a picture of it and said, oh, look at this, man. She's back playing nine holes. Well, I meant to send it to my sister, whose first name is Patty. Yes, my, my parents weren't creative with the names. <laughs> well, in the alphabet and my phone, Patty and Paul are right next to each other. So I sent Paul this picture. He's like, uh, for, thanks, but what am I going to do with back, that? <laughs> he sends back, wow, that's great. <laughs> you know how nice of a guy he, he is. is. That's totally what he would do. You're right. He'd be so supportive. <laughs> All right. Good. Glad to hear it. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> I felt so stupid. And, and I sent him, uh, I said, oh, that's funny, man. I hit the wrong line below in my phone directory. I said, I meant to send that to my sister. Uh, not to you. And then he says, well, I sort of was wondering why you sent it to me, but I thought you were excited. <laughs> and, and, uh, he, and I, unbeknownst to me, I don't remember, but through all the crap. Oh, I know. Cause he had to call me because I, I covered their first game and sure enough, somebody texted, tested positive. So the health department and I had the quarantine and blah, blah, blah. So he had called to check up, see what was going on. And, and we had a conversation for about 20 minutes in uh, November, December. I think it was. I can't remember now. But during the course of that conversation, I had told him of what was going on. So he remembered, but I didn't remember that I had told him about her situation with the broken he's, leg. He's looking at his phone. Man, PK's really keeping me up to date. No, well, that's good. Okay. Well, he's keeping up to date because he just texted him and said, hey, you guys are welcome. So thanks, Paul, for reaching out. By the way, he did want to clarify, Utah did not have spring break this year due to the COVID issues. They oh, they didn't have, have any spring break? No, they're not having okay. spring break this year. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, that makes sense. Well, thanks, uh, PK. Yeah, so I'll just call I, I, and I appreciate Paul for not thinking, oh, WTF, man. <laughs> Good for you. Stay off my phone. I'm busy here. But he was so nice about it, and I, and I, got a, and I chuckled. I, I had an embarrassing chuckle. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't anything that was uh, sensitive. It was actually good news. Uh, I was spreading good news, but I did mean to send it to my sister instead because, uh, you know, obviously it was a – 
it was not not a landmark event, but it was a it was a noteworthy event after having a broken leg and literally not being able to walk for three months. You should have seen her tool around in those carts at the grocery store, man. She almost ran me over like about five times. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose? <laughs> no, just trying to keep up. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's go. Move it along. Come on. Come on. That's where I'd get in my cardio. We'd go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hiking across Target and Walmart. We're going to the Super yeah, Target. Put your running shoes on. She's in that machine, man, and she could book it. <laughs> and then she did. But then I, because I had to go because she couldn't stand up. And anything above face level, I had to, <laughs> I had to get. Top shelf PK. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had to go. To the grocery store all the time to pretty much do wherever she needed to go. I had to go with her, so, but everything's fine. Well, mostly it's almost it's almost a hundred percent now, so it's good news. But Paul was was very kind in sharing that enthusiasm and wondering why in the world was I uh, receiving this message from the other PK. Next, DJ and PK contemplating the Jazz' latest move. They had Ursinilia Silva now. They got a nine-man rotation. They got a 10th guy they're playing in spots who looks okay, and they got the best record in the NBA. Why do you need to add somebody? What is Ursan Ilyasova going to bring to the Jazz? A lot of you have some ideas on that. We will get to that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Jordan Schultz, insider analyst for ESPN. With the first half in the books and, and what you know of the Utah Jazz, do you believe they have a shot at the championship? When they had that great three-point shooting month in January when they broke the all-time record, I said multiple times, Utah is a contender and Utah has a legitimate shot to win an NBA championship. They have everything you need. They have a great young player in Donovan Mitchell, a great coach, a force defensively in Rudy, a very good point guard. They have experience. They're consistent. They shoot the ball extremely well. I think they're right in that conversation. I'm not going to say they're the favorite, but I think to answer your question, there's a definitive yes. And that's the first time I think we've said that in a long time. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by Davis Vision. Davis Vision has given you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. So the Jazz make the move. Coming back here from the All-Star break, they're going to have a new guy, Ursan Silva. How are they going to use him? What's he going to do? What is he going to provide? How does he change the team? How does he improve things? So many questions. What will he bring to the Jazz? PK, we got a wide range of answers here. Uh, Brian, to be honest, I know very little of this guy, so I'm not expecting much. Aaron is a little more definitive. Besides a heartbeat, absolutely nothing. Tony says, a tall guy to sit on the bench. Ben, vowels, lots of vowels. There's some people who don't view this as a very important move. Well, I hope it's not. <laughs> the same nine guys keep playing and the same guys keep winning 75 or 80% of the time? Yeah, Done. exactly. Done. Yeah. Right. And if it don't works change that way, anything. Yeah. Uh, Matt says, you got to keep the roster stocked for a long run to the playoffs. Depth is depth. Can't argue with depth as depth. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grayson says he only gets time if somebody gets hurt. I like the signing, but I really don't know who he's going to take minutes from. Well, that's my whole point. I hope he doesn't take minutes from anybody. 
Grayson says, the most likely candidate is the minivan. Well, actually, no. I think it's uh, Oni. No, I think it's Oni. The tenth guy. Yeah. The guy who fills in when somebody is hurt, when somebody is out. Conley, we added up yesterday. Uh, Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, all combined missed about 15 games. That's the way I see it. And I, I, if, the, if it happens, I can't say that it will happen, but if it happens, that's what I view as his role being. You know, they're bringing in a veteran guy here. Obviously, he's played, uh, you know, what he played, 10-plus years in the NBA, right? Uh, plus, yeah, I think it's 13, 14. years yeah. in, yeah. yeah. He came in really young. He's 33 he now. Did, like he go, did he go back? Old, and then he went back. So he, yeah. he played for the Bucks for one year, and went, went to Spain for, for two, two years, and then, and came, then came back came over. Back. Yeah. And so he's been with Milwaukee. If you count that separation, he was with Milwaukee three yeah, times. Yeah, three different stints. If you count that separation as a 19-year-old playing, then going to Spain for a couple of years, then coming back uh, and playing – and then he finished up his most recent one uh, was with Milwaukee. And I, I believe he had Toronto, Detroit. Uh, I think he had Toronto. He might have had Toronto three times, too. No, it's not Toronto. It's, it's Milwaukee, Philly, Atlanta, Detroit, Orlando, and OKC. Three, three games with OKC. See, if you don't remember OKC, I don't blame you. Right. But I believe he had three separate stints with Toronto, too. I think he was with Toronto, then he was not with Toronto, went back to Toronto, then left Toronto, then came back to Toronto again on that. And obviously, you got silent, so you're looking it up. Uh, I have looked it up. <laughs> uh, it's T-O-T. It's not, it's not T-O-R. So I don't think that's a – Oh. I don't think it's stop in Toronto. I think it's a total of the games he played in a season when he played for two different teams. Okay. Okay, well, that's cool. So the point being, this kid has been around the block. And so he's had all sorts of stuff thrown at him in the uh, NBA. So yes. Lots of teams, lots of systems. So he is a big-time veteran. What did you say, Yak? 13 years? That's a long time to play in the NBA. He's 33 years old, so he's he's been around for a while. Yeah. And that's not like you. I uh, know DJ. You got excited on Aldridge, but Aldridge's thirty-five years old. Yep. No. Yeah, and he's passed. I think the reason it makes sense for San Antonio to move Aldridge is, you know, they brought him in, and he was going to be a pillar of the team, and he's past that point in his oh, career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I a, get it. But on a good team, can he, he can come help in, somebody? Yeah. Hit hit a few shots, play a few minutes, and that's, keep a team in a game. You're right. That's that's why that's the way I would view him. I wouldn't view him as wow, man. That's no. that's a big no. time but opportunity. On, just because we stare at the Lakers all the time, but there are other teams. The teams that don't have depth. If he can come in with your second unit and you can throw him the ball and he can hit a few shots. I mean, if you want to go in Jazz history, the guy you compare him with is Antoine Carr. You know, Antoine Carr mm-hmm. had been a big time starter and scorer, and you know had his thirty point games and all that. Well, he wasn't that guy when he came to the Jazz. But for the twelve minutes Carl sat down, you could throw Antoine the bar ball, and he'd hit a turnaround jumper. And at worst case scenario, you trade hoops while Carl's out of the game. I'm yeah. not sure I view Aldridge to that, and he may not be. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that. But on a team that doesn't it could have be depth, though. I'm not ruling him out. But on a team that doesn't have depth, if he no. hits three or four mid range shots for the Lakers while LeBron is sitting. 
that would be a win. Yeah, if I were the Lakers, though, I would go for something else as a priority. And they may well, and especially because it's a trade and they don't have a lot of depth, so I don't know what they have to offer, you know, so. I mean, Cleveland with uh, Drummond is out there. I think the Lakers could do better. And I am, and I got to admit, I'm nervous about it to see. Because when you got a high-end superstar, you don't need a lot. You, you, need, you need a little. So yeah. you're, you're not asking for a whole lot because he's so good. And he can carry you, obviously. And, and he's been so tremendous for so long now. It's a remarkable career that LeBron James has had for sure. And he's still going very, very strong. So you don't need a lot. So I am, from the Jazz perspective, I'm concerned about what the Lakers can pull off as far as being able to compete I, with the Lakers. Yeah, I think you should be. I don't, I don't know that they're going to pull off anything. But I don't either. I, I do wonder what might they pull off. Right. And they've pulled off stuff before. And, I mean, you just go to the Gasol trade. You know, I didn't think Memphis got top dollar for him. I'm surprised that trade happened. I'm surprised it happened so quickly, but it happened nonetheless. So we can well, that sit here. that was a blockbuster. That was. And we're looking now at something around the edges. Yeah. Uh, so. But that's all they really need. They're all, they already. I know. They've got their guys. They, if they've they got their the stars. Year, yeah. If they got their stars and they just get a couple more guys who can help off the bench. And it doesn't have to be scoring. You know, anything. Um, yeah, I actually think if, as long as they got their guys, they're still the favorite. I don't think they need anything. Right. I, mean, I think they just they got the roster as they intended it to have. I think they're good to go. I think they're the favorite at that point too, but I also don't think they're a lock. And so the question is whether you view them as, you know, they got fifty percent and then fifty percent for the field, or you think they got seventy percent and thirty percent for everybody else in the NBA, they make a move that just improves their odds by five. That's 10%. interesting. So you think they're not as good, or do you think that the other teams are better? What do you mean? Well, because you said they're not a lock. To me, they're the heavy favorite. If they've got all their guys that they that uh, that are on the roster and they're all healthy and they're, yeah, they're all the ready favorite. to go, they're, I, 100% right, I would you pick said, them. Oh, now you just said 100%. You just said they're not a lock. Well, I would pick 100%. them, but I'm still saying there's a chance they're going to lose. There's no wavering in me picking them, but as we all know with my picks, that doesn't mean you win. I know, but I, there's okay. still there's still windows out there for other teams, whether it's the Jazz or the Clippers or the Nets. You know, run through whoever you want. Right, but um, you just went from fifty percent to a lock. That's a big. Well, thing. when I threw that out, I said whether you think it's okay, the Lakers. You were 50%. speaking generally. I thought yes. you were speaking for yourself. No, whether it's fifty percent, and you think everyone else in the league. Right. Has fifty percent, or whether you think it's seventy or eighty percent, and everybody else has twenty or thirty. If they make the right kind of move, we could all go. Yeah, I used to think it was fifty, and now I think it's sixty. Or I used to think it was eighty, and now I think it's ninety-five. You know, I, what kind of move are they going to make? I would think most people would say it would be well above fifty percent. I'm surprised you said that. Though. Um, I was just throwing numbers out. I mean, it was a. It doesn't really matter how much you think they're, how overwhelming a favorite you think they are. Everyone, I think, acknowledges that they are at risk because they're so top-heavy. Now, being top-heavy is a great way to win the title, but, man, when something goes wrong, it can fall apart pretty quick. I mean, AD gets hurt, and they go 3-7. and It's not the great way. It's usually the only way. The only way, yeah. (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, uh, more on this coming up. We've got more people weighing in on Ilya Silva. We do have people who have more. I just read you some there, and we ran up against a break. Uh, People really don't think he's going to have much of an impact, but we do have uh, multiple people here who think he is going to have a specific opportunity 
to make an impact. And we'll get into what those chances are, what those opportunities are. And we'll do that next. Joe Ingles is coming up uh, between 8.30 and 8.45, sometime in there. And Craig Bowlerjack a little after 9, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.